Hi everyone, before we get started, we wanted to let you know that we recorded most of our Luke Cage rewinds before the resurgence in Black Lives Matter protests after the killings of George Floyd and countless others. As you probably know, the Luke Cage series goes deep into the kinds of racism faced by Black people every day. As hosts who are not Black, we have not covered it as well as we should have, but we are trying to get better. We stand in solidarity with the Black Lives Movement, so our non-discussion of the issue in these episodes comes from uh, recording before the tragedies and not ignoring the issues. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And before we actually get into the episode, we want to remind you, please, if you could follow us on Twitter, we are at MCU underscore Rewind, where we don't have a lot of followers. I think it's because you're missing the underscore. It's not a space, it's MCU underscore Rewind. Also, we'd like to beg you to uh, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That would be great. And with that, today we are talking about Luke Cage, Season 1, Episode 3, Who's Gonna Take the Weight, which originally premiered on Netflix in September 30th, 2016. Now, Al, before we get into the episode, who is going to take the weight? Will it be Luke? Cottonmouth? Probably not Pop, because, you know. <laughs> I, I guess that's true um let's see i didn't think about this ahead of time i mean i assume luke uh actually oh you know what uh, one second is this the episode yes uh we're gonna talk about this a little bit later i i actually have a note about this so let's let's save that this conversation for later all right well for before we start that conversation we'll go into a brief summary Cottonmouth offers to pay for Pop's funeral, and after explaining that he did not know what his man was going to do, tells Luke to let go of the matter. Luke finds out that the barbershop is facing closure after Pop's death, and decides to take Cottonmouth's money to cover the debt and reopen the shop. He visits Chico in the hospital, and learns that Cottonmouth plans uh, to move all his money to Christmas Attics during the crisis. Luke begins hitting uh, Cornell's safe, house, safe houses. Stokes moves all his uh, money to Christmas Attics in response, as expected, and Luke attacks the complex, taking out the guards and stealing a small share of the money to give to Pop's barbershop. Misty and Scarf arrive soon to the scene of the crime. Chico approaches Scarf, offers to testify against uh, Cottonmouth, and tells him that Luke attacked the complex. Scarf, who is revealed to work for Cottonmouth, kills Chico and tells Cornell about Luke. Cottonmouth goes uh, to the restaurant where Luke is uh, tipping uh, really well for dinner and fires a missile at the building. <laughs> In a massive escalation of events. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's really not what you expect. And then again, I guess Cottonmouth really wanted revenge for uh, all of his money being taken away. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll get into that. I have some thoughts about that last moment of the episode. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay all right yeah 
But we'll start off with them some fast facts. On your left. Uh-huh. On my left. Got it. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. You didn't see that coming? Uh, all right. As so usual, I've got Al. One first. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you first because I was ready to be disappointed again, but now I'm impressed. <laughs> the bar was really well, I, low. I, I... Oh, yeah, that, that's fair. I know you always ask because I know you, you're the one who does the actual work and <laughs> you look things up, but I, I do have one. Uh, mm -hmm. Most common, the most common color for highlighters is yellow because it doesn't leave a shadow on the page when photocopied. See, that's a fact. I did not know why it was always uh, yellow is most common. That's very yeah. enlightening. Hey, did yeah. you um tie this into Luke Cage because Luke's like primary color in the comics is yellow? Uh, no, that was just kind of a happy accident. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, um, I have two fast facts. Uh, the title of this episode is uh, from Gangstar's album, Step Into the Arena, which Step Into the Arena we might hear later on. And um, uh, Pop's friend, and I guess Luke's advisor, Bobby Fish, his name comes from uh, Bobby Fisher, who is a famous chess master. And when I looked him up on Wikipedia, apparently he went missing, and no one knows what happened to him. <laughs> so. Oh. Yeah, like, was this was this a long time ago or like this was he was famous in the seventies and I think he went missing in the early eighties. Okay, out of curiosity, I'm just I'm just wondering, is it possible he's still alive today? Like, did he go missing when he was uh, like thirty? I'm not sure. Let me look. Oh, okay. Let's assume he's still alive today. Okay, <laughs> he and Tupac are hanging out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Yeah, that's probably it. Or, you know, he went missing. I have no idea what Bobby Fischer looks like. He went missing and he uh, decided to just go to Hollywood. Really couldn't cut it. Eventually, he got a small part on a Netflix TV show, uh, Luke Cage. Oh. Playing Bobby Fischer. Uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't look similar. But you know what? It's, it's possible. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm... <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, don't worry about it. I was wrong. He did go missing, but he went missing as an older man in two, oh, the 2000s. Okay. <laughs> oh, gotcha. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Very different. <laughs> yeah. All right. Those are all my fast facts. <sighs> Moving on to our hero. Maybe it's enough that the world thinks I'm a hero. I saw you. You're a hero. Like, a for real superhero, which is, I'm not, like, a groupie stalker type. But... I'm Luke Cage. You can't burn me, you can't blast me, and you definitely can't break me. I am Harlem, and Harlem is me. Just, it's, it's weird saying hero after a while of saying heroes with Luke and, <laughs> or with uh, Matt and uh, Frank. But now we're on to Luke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was also really different in, um in daredevil because the heroes category kept changing as the season went on mm -hmm. <laughs> some people would be added there was a rotation it was always daredevil at least but you know yeah. there's that uh i don't know if that happens here in luke cage i guess we if i guess at some point i don't know in this season if we can say that about misty i don't remember much it uh, has crossed my mind to 
put Misty in the hero section. I mean, there are two storylines going on. One is Luke and one is Misty. So I would almost put her in the hero section. Especially since we know she's a hero in the comics. We're not going into yeah, that. That's true. But, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's something. Maybe maybe we'll discuss it in like two weeks if we want to move Misty. But right now, our notes are already organized for this week and next week. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We've already written everything down. It's set in stone. Alright. Uh where do you want to start with Luke? Um, so, I mean, I guess the, the main thing is, like, the hero type of stuff that Luke is doing throughout this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you wanted to go before that, but, you know, the, uh, mainly the action, all that stuff that he's doing. He's breaking into Cottonmouth's facilities, he's taking their money, he's, um, not killing anyone, as they, you know, point out, because I guess he doesn't like doing that, which is nice. And he's also, um, leaving his calling card behind, bending guns. Yeah. I mean he's bending a lot of things. Uh car doors. Um I'm I'm sure maybe not bent, but a lot of broken bones. He ripped a pipe out of the wall. <laughs> which is something I did not expect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh he's um he's opening the safes too, right? Like he's bending those open. It's true. He is. Yeah. Um now, what was the purpose of the car door he ripped off? My assumption was it does hurt when he gets hit by a bullet. So, you know, he was assuming he was going hit, to get hit by a lot of them. So that mm-hmm. was option A. Option B was it's just a little bit easier, right? Like, he is able to, like, because he knows he's going to be going down some hallways. And he's learned from the other practice like, oh, if I just take this car door, I can just push people down. And it's just, it's easier for him, right? Like, yeah, it's still a hassle to fight a bunch of people. Yeah, so it's more to maximize his offense than actually for his defense. Yeah, it's um, probably that. And maybe also, um, like, he, he doesn't wear a mask or anything. He's not really trying to hide his face. Um, but, you know, a car door kind of helps. Yeah. I guess. I mean, he he did he he gets rid of the car door eventually, mostly to stop the eight guys behind him. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, he doesn't use it the whole time. Uh, I actually did a count at as far as I can tell, because some of the guys kept getting back up and stuff. He took out thirty guys in this in one scene, which I think breaks oh, that, Daredevil's record. One? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To be fair, he has a much more useful power for that kind of thing. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm we're just going full into this this last scene or this last section. Um I've got a question for you. What I call the okay. Superman conundrum. Um Okay. So the last guy he takes out is a guy shooting the machine gun at Luke as he's walking down the hallway towards the bars. I think he's the last guy. But either way, okay. how long do you stand there shooting a guy whose impenetrable bullets are just bouncing off him before you just give up and run? Like Very quickly, I think, should be the answer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Because that's not the thing you think is going to happen, right? Like, so, so normally, in real life, you shoot at a person, 
And given the type of weapon that the guy had, um, there isn't any kind of like actual body armor, as far as I know, that exists that will like just take the full power, like the full force yeah. of you know that many bullets, and let the person still stand. Um, so my assumption is, if they're still walking towards you, after you know two three seconds, you jump out the window. <laughs> you just get out of there because it's not going to work out well for you at all, especially given, you know, the fact that you live in the MCU. So, you know, there are people with powers. So at this point mm-hmm. now it's the wild card of what other powers does this person have? Yeah, he might have laser eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the scene reminds me of, uh, though not a great movie, probably my still my favorite Superman movie because they haven't made many good Superman movies or any good Superman movies. Uh, Superman Returns back in 2006. Uh, when the guy, Superman shows up, the guy's shooting the minigun at him. He just stands there, takes it in the chest, and the, then the guy pulls a handgun and shoots him in the eye, and it doesn't do anything. <laughs> I'm just like, well, the minigun's one of the most powerful guns you can have, like, without tearing your arms off. <laughs> you think the handgun's going to stop him? <laughs> Uh, maybe he was hoping the eye was vulnerable. Well, yeah. I mean, it would have worked with Luke. Luke's I, I, eye is vulnerable. <laughs> we know that from yeah. Jessica Jones. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I don't remember. Um, what do we find because out about he gets his head is swelling after Jessica shoots him with a shotgun. And they oh. need to, like, release the pressure, so Claire puts a needle through his eye, or, like, through, not his eye, but behind his eye, to release the pressure. Since That's they can't right. get through Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. all right. Yeah. Um, I also do like Luke's impulse. He, he still takes what he needs, but he leaves everything else. He's not greedy. He just wants to get all the guns and the drug money and stuff off the streets. So it's like, hey, he is a hero. <laughs> you know, because we've been yeah. ambiguous on like some people, whether or not they're actually good people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, granted, he could just take all of the money and burn it, like, that he's guaranteed it stays off the streets. But, you know, I guess leaving it for the police is also good, too. I don't, yeah, I don't know we're... if that helps a case against them in any way once the police show up well yeah i mean if they could connect to the co- cotton mouth i was calling coffee mouth which is not his name uh if they connected to cotton mouth i think f- from my limited understanding of the law there are different tiers like the between like grand larceny and uh minor larceny is how much money they've stolen so it's a possibility that they're doing it so they can build a bigger case against uh, Cottonmouth's group. Okay, I mean, I guess that works. It's just like looking at this from a, you know, the a legal standpoint. Granted, my background in legal stuff is uh, TV, so just <laughs> looking at it from that, like I, I don't, I don't see like how a connection could be made, right? Like the police show up, like, yeah, we were attacked. Oh man, hey, what's all this money doing here? That's mine. Oh, okay. It's not just the money, it's the money and weapons. <laughs> yeah, the weapons, yeah, it's definitely that. But, like, I, I, 
I don't know how they link it. Like, especially because, you know, Cottonmouth isn't there. They could probably link the person, people working for Cottonmouth in some way. But Mm -hmm. I I just, it's one of those things. Like, and, and also, why would they take all of it? Like, why would they take the money as evidence for something? Like, it wasn't part of the crime. It was just there, open. They do seize the money at a crime scene during certain times. I'm, I mean, I'm. We're both speaking from very ill-informed, <laughs> uninformed standpoints. True. But I know that um, they'll seize money for big uh, weapons busts and crime busts because if they've got big cash weapons, they're probably going to use that money to buy more weapons. I I don't know That's a good legally. Point. Yeah. I don't know legally. There are laws on the books where, yeah, the police are seizing all this money. And who's going to claim that money? Because if you claim that money, you're probably claiming the weapons too and whatever illegal things are happening in there. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Actually, we we do know in one of the houses, it was basically a drug house, right? Mm Because there was that one woman who was like just completely high the entire time. And so they're, they're probably selling drugs they probably have a lot of drugs there so i guess i didn't think about that yeah i mean um i'm i'm sure a lot of cottonmouth's money comes from drugs so although we don't get into it that much from what i remember you're right yeah yeah Hmm. i mean he's also he's also extorting people i mean we know he's extorting uh genghis connie's and just like it would be terrible if something happened to this place. Yeah, that's right. He's trying to get all that protection money. Yep. It's a very low amount of money, I assume. I, I don't actually know how much people pay for protection money. I mean, I I don't know either. I mean I haven't seen a lot of gangster films, and most of them I have seen take place in like the forties and fifties. So I have no context of what happens nowadays i should watch more gangster movies but i didn't all right you do that let me know we'll meet back yeah in week. i hang out on gangster <laughs> films it's just i don't <laughs> i don't watch a lot of them they don't have enough aliens in them <laughs> or people with superpowers unlike this um but if they that's did, that'd be cool yeah it's true <laughs> that's most of what i had was luke luke's offensive um him hitting his stash houses, which is really smart to get Cottonmouth to centralize and then just hit all the stuff at once. But yeah, that's yeah, all. That's um, I mean, that's a good point. Like, it's it's really good thinking. And then again, I I guess that was his entire um, you know his entire strategy. I wonder if, like, let's say the police did not take the money at the different houses. Um, Cottonmouth is still getting hit, and he said he was moving everything to the the community building, right? Uh, Christmas mm-hmm. Attics? Is that, that Yes. One? Okay, yeah. So he was moving everything there, and so um, maybe that was, that was probably it, just to show that, hey, shady stuff is going on here. Um, yeah. To, to make yeah. sure that, that that happens, so, okay. Yeah, and then he's smart. You centralize. He has everything centralized in one location. Cottonmouth does. You take down that one location. I mean, I have a note in the Cottonmouth section. 
um, he said that's eighty percent of his money and stuff was in that place, which was uh, he lost seven million dollars. He said, Oof. and that's a huge hit. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Alright, um, we're kind of shifting into Cottonmouth, so is there anything else we want to talk about Luke Cage before we move on to our villains? Uh, I do. I, there is one other thing I do want to bring up about Luke. Um, so at the beginning of the episode, uh, Luke is going into the barbershop, in a pop's shop, and there's this, um, uh, I already forgot what it's called, uh, vigil? There's like the flowers and signs and yeah. stuff. Yeah, the vigil, um, yeah. Yeah, vigil. Okay, cool. Hey, I did guess the right word. Anyway, um, so there's that like in, in front, um, and one of the signs says "Once in Future King," and so I mean that that could mean you know a handful of things, um, mm-hmm. but I did find that there is a series of books with that title, uh, "Once in Future King" or "The Once oh, yeah. in Future King," um, which is basically a retelling of the King Arthur story. Uh, so it's yeah, a I've, series I've, of books. I've read that book. And, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's okay. actually it's it's um, one it's. Oh, well, it's like five shorter books that they combine into one volume, The Once the Future King. But continue what you're saying. Oh, cool. Okay. All right. So I'm curious, and th- this might be a little bit of a spoiler for like stuff, but do you think that the way that this season and next season goes, that they were kind of making that the central type of story for Luke Cage, this kind of King Arthur type of, of uh, story? And the reason I'm saying, well, like... One of the things that I'm bringing up about this is that also kind of might relate a little bit to the title because you're talking about who's going to take the weight. Well, you mm-hmm. know, we've got Luke going over here doing hero stuff and um, a little bit of a spoiler. Later, he gets uh, he's given the name, the, the hero of Harlem. Right. That's yeah. the name. Or am I misremembering? Yeah. The hero. yeah OK, then. Yeah. So so stuff like that. Right. So I, I kind of wonder if maybe that's like on the back of the minds of the the writers and the people making the show. Yeah, I mean, looking at Luke's trajectory, which I'm not going to get too deep into, and mm-hmm. I read Once the Future King maybe like two or three years ago, so I, I remember it pretty well. It it does kind of mirror the trajectory, especially if they continued into a third season. I can see where they end the second season very much parallels stuff that happens in King Arthur's Tales. So okay, I cool. could, yeah, I could, I could see that. I, I, I never thought about it before. I didn't notice the thing, but yeah, some very good insight. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did not read the book or the you know many books. Um, I did, however, read the description on Wikipedia, so that's all mm-hmm. I know about those. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, have you ever seen a Disney's The Sword in the Stone, the animated movie? Um, not at an age where I would remember it. Okay. Well, so if you watch it, probably like six or something. If you watch that movie right now on Disney Plus, we're not shills. Um, if you watch <laughs> that movie, um, it is almost word for word the exact same thing as the first chapter of the Once and Future King, because the Once and Future King was written by the the um or Sword and Stone is based off the first mini book of the Once and Future King. So if, if oh, you want to know what it's about, yeah, it's also, it starts out as like a children's book. It's um, written by T.H. White, who wrote um, the pig movie, Charlotte's Web. 
<laughs> he wrote, he wrote Charlotte's Web and is known for his children's stuff. But like as the books go on, it becomes like dark and much more mature. It actually took me. A, it was really hard for me to get through that first section. But after that, it's like it's a classic. Oh, but that's, um, that's good to know. Yeah, no, go because, ahead. Because uh, you you were talking about it like oh this Disney Disney movie. I'm like oh god, the things I read on Wikipedia, um, <laughs> that. They did not make it sound like like something Disney. Oh, okay, I see. It, it changes a lot. All right, yeah, right, no, it's <laughs> he he wrote it really well. As in, like when Arthur is a child growing up, it's written as if it's a child's tale. And as things go on, progresses, it becomes much more mature. In the course of like, I think it's like four hundred page book or something like that. So it's actually really well oh, done. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. But yeah, all right. Uh, do we want to move on to our villains? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. That's that's the last thing I have for Luke. I ask you to what end? Dread it, run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. It's funny, isn't it? How even the best of men can be deceived by their true nature. What the hell does that mean? That I am the ill intent. What about turning the other cheek? Jesus saves. I don't. So with our villains, um, let's start with uh, Cottonmouth because he's more villainous of our villains, and we've been talking about him already. <laughs> All right, sounds yeah. good to me. What have you got? Yeah. Um, so Luke goes to see Chico in prison, or not in prison, in the hospital, um, mm-hmm. and asks him what he knows about Cottonmouth's operation. And he lays it out for him. He knows the whole thing. He knows there's one exit. He knows, like, how there are a bunch of guys. He knows the weapons, machetes, machine guns, all that stuff. He got the information from uh, Dante. But Dante was, like, a lower-level guy, right? Why would this lower-level guy know all the layout of the entire, or, like, all the safety measures of the entire thing? That's a good point. Like, usually the smart thing to do is to, like compartmentalize all that information right only some people know about mm-hmm. certain safe houses and all that yeah that really sounds like just bad management from a crime organization <laughs> uh it's possible as i was describing it i may have answered my own question in my mind <laughs> oh okay well i'm i'm interested yeah, because uh, my next note is about Cottonmouth. Um, he is like his fatal flaw in this is his pride, right? Um, mm-hmm. He is uh, like he doesn't think he's he's touchable. He doesn't he thinks he's untouchable by like Domingo comes up to him, the other crime boss, and kind of spits in his face, and he's like, "Well, we're going to war because he hurt his pride." Stuff like that. He's also very proud uh-huh. of Christmas Addicts, and it's probably letting everyone knows how impenetrable it is because he doesn't think anyone could ever take it. So it's like, this is all we have. This is what we have in here. You'd be an idiot to try to hit up the safe house. That's true. Um, I remember when he was talking to... His cousin, whose name I don't remember. I don't Mariah? see her name in my notes. Mariah, Mariah. that's right. Mariah. Yeah. Uh, so at one point he was talking to her, and, and she was complaining about it, saying, like, yeah, you, you have guys, like, 
reinforcing doors and you know all this stuff so he's like making it even more impenetrable Mm -hmm. like more so than what chico knew about too so oh yeah yeah Yeah. he's very much uh i I guess that's probably like his style of, of how he does things right like he assumes that you know the way he um does things the way he manages is uh very much a like he's very protective of his border and you know he's not just going to let anyone in so maybe he just trusts everyone well enough that works for him mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean that's true he's also well if someone double crosses him like dante did um he made a example of him <laughs> oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. and he tried to go after chico or he does go after chico Mm-hmm. who yeah. does end up dead at the end of this episode yeah so um it's true. Yeah, of the three people who tried to rob from him or did rob from him all three of them are dead at the end of this so yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean um yeah i think that's another theme of the show is that it's people's pride that are is their downfall i mean even in this episode and the last two episodes it's like all these young men that uh, Pop knows are too proud to ask for help and stuff like that. Um, Dante's uh, too proud to let anything go, so um, he kills whatever their third friend is. I can't remember their third friend's name. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, Chico's too proud to go to the cops. Yeah, Chico's too proud to go to the cops. Um, uh the guy who shot up pop's place is too proud to listen to anything else because he hurt his boss's pride um and then uh cornell's too proud to um listen to anything anybody else even his cousin who knows who's completely right about not putting all your eggs in one basket so yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah i already said that he lost seven million dollars 80 percent of his stuff which means he had a total of 8.75 million dollars now down to $1.75 million. Poor guy. He only has almost $2 million. You really hurt. You really feel for him, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, and then he has his possibly successful nightclub. I guess we don't know if that's hemorrhaging money or just a front. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, it but seems maybe uh, it is a successful business. Yeah. It seems very successful because, I mean, we don't see anywhere else that people are hanging out except for this one place in Harlem. Again, probably because a couple of years ago, the Hulk and then a few years later, the Chitari destroyed all of Harlem. But, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, um, I want to talk about the RPG to Genghis Khanis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk about it. Ah. Uh, what have you got? What? What the hell, man? <laughs> um, <laughs> that it's probably it's because of his pride, obviously. After what happened uh, um, to uh, Christmas Attics, um, but he destroys what could have been the entire block, as we find out next episode. Some guy mentions that it's lucky it wasn't the entire block. Um, yeah, when. He doesn't know anything special about Luke Cage. When he could just send a bunch of guys, he could have sent a sniper. He could have sent someone instead of having him blow up the place also. 
I don't understand <laughs> um, his motivation. Or I know his motivation, but his thought process. Um, well, so I mean, my, my assumption is that his thought process is to send a message. Like, you hit him yeah. that hard, he makes sure he gets you and whatever collateral damage, so you can't just hide anywhere like he'll he'll I, he'll find you i i think that's it but also i guess he he doesn't know for a fact that luke has powers but he kind of knows right like he he has to suspect yeah. something when the person who like when the one person who was able to uh steal from all of these places was definitely hit by some number of bullets is just walking around fine like yeah there there's got to be something going on in your head when you know people like that do exist in your universe yeah so he probably just showed up with the rpg like well let's hope this works no you're right i did not think of it from the perspective of he knows about people with powers which is what i should always be thinking in the mcu i mean yeah i mean now Misty is like surprised when she like realizes it, realizes that Luke probably has powers. I don't remember that scene. Is this or next week? Oh, I think it's this week. But yeah, it's. I think it's next week, because oh damn! All right, <laughs> spoiler alert: he survives this. This doesn't end at episode three. <laughs> oh, that's right. It is next week's episode when she realizes because he gets out of the. Uh rubble of that building that's right okay hey hey it's, yeah, come on man he could have spent 10 episodes in the rubble <laughs> this could be that's a true. very long movie what was that um 127 hours when james franco was just stuck under a rock for the whole movie <laughs> i didn't see that movie but i assume he was just going ow for like two hours right <laughs> yeah i mean it's that, that seems like a movie that's way too long for me. Like, I'm, I'm good yeah. with a two, three-hour movie. 127 is, is just a bit much. <laughs> that's true. Very true. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. He, 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 last time he trusted somebody to find something, he screwed up, killed Pop, shot, uh, uh, was it Switzerland? And mm -hmm. then... Um, Luke took out all his men, or not all his men, but the entire Christmas Addicts place, so you needed something more than a regular bullet. And mm -hmm. yeah. he should know, though, last time there was a bulletproof guy that they shot with uh, rocket launchers. It didn't work out then either, because Iron Man survived Iron Man 3. Yeah, so, should have known. <laughs> yep. That's true. Also, uh, there was that one guy who was basically invincible who tore up Harlan in um, the second MCU movie. Uh, I guess he wouldn't oh, yeah. really know about Bruce Banner. Yeah. Because there was that scene where he was like, well, uh, let's see if I live falling out of this airplane. And then, you know, he does come out as the Hulk. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the best scene in that movie when he goes, oh, sh and then... <laughs> realizes thinks he's yeah. not going to turn into the hulk mm -hmm. oh that would have been a twist that's that's <laughs> what i want is like luke cage like you they publicize it exactly the same way it was stuff like that this happens and then like a version of the hulk bursts out because luke cage has been a hulk <laughs> the whole time and they just changed his entire power set <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
I could go for that. I, I could go for yeah. that for one of these these upcoming movies or TV shows. Like just you know, just just come on, give give us a big twist. You know, we we got a, a really good twist with uh, uh with how the scrolls were in Captain Marvel. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm good with that for the powers. Like let's let's do something like that. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not for us who know the comics relatively well. But if they just, instead of naming She-Hulk, She-Hulk, they just named it, uh, I think your name's Jennifer Walters. Just name it Jennifer Walters. Just put it on TV, thinking people watch it who don't know comics, thinking, hey, it's like Jessica Jones, something like that. And then suddenly she's She-Hulk. And people are like, holy crap, <laughs> she has Hulk powers. <laughs> You, you gotta hide it too like the commercials don't show anything about that it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's like this whole lawyer type of show i'm trying to think what was that what was that show in the 90s it was uh popular i want to say the act like the the character ally mcbeal yep ally mcbeal like basically play it like ally mcbeal <laughs> and then 20 minutes into the episode she hulks out yeah i mean why not <laughs> Because no one will watch the show. <laughs> That's why not. I know. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure we've all been in those situations where we like we go in to see something, and then it's not at all the thing you were expecting. And yeah, it was enjoyable, but you know, you just you don't like it because it wasn't what you expected. No, see, I'm the opposite. If I go into unless it's something I'm really excited about, like if mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame had none of the Avengers in it. I'd be very disappointed. So it's not, I don't want always my expectations to be um, circumvented. <laughs> but, um, there was a movie. Um, it was with, uh, oh God, it's going to bug me now. Um, <laughs> Blake Lively and Anna Kendricks. No, and Anna Kendricks. Oh, uh, um, I know the movie you're talking about. A Simple Favor. Oh, but I didn't see it, yeah. yeah. A Simple yeah. Favor. Um, my wife wanted to go see it, right? Um, do you know what the movie's about? <laughs> um, I mean, I saw the trailers, so I have a general idea. But, I mean, there's some obviously some mystery. Um, and I, I, I want to say, like, Anna Kendrick's character gets blamed for, like, why Blake Lively's character is missing or something. That that's all I kind of remember from the trailer. Yeah, well, that's what you think it is. Which oh. Blake Lively does go missing. <laughs> no, this is this is a movie where I thought it was one thing. My wife wanted to see it. I was like, fine, rolling my eyes. I'll go see it. And then it was a great movie. <laughs> so, so she's um she does go missing, right? And here I spend the next five minutes spoiling the entire plot of A Simple Favor. So go see the movie. I highly recommend it. It was a complete left turn, and it was a great movie. That movie oh, flopped because okay. no one knew what that movie was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, kind of want to go see that now. Okay. Yeah, see? <laughs> they just told you what it was, <laughs> but then they would have ruined the, the twist. So it's yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it was one of the things, because I remember seeing the trailer. I was like, I kind of just want to know what the twist is. But I'm not going to see the movie because it doesn't look like something I care about. Now that I actually know about it, yeah, I'm, I'll yeah. probably watch it. Go watch it. Then if you want another movie that's like that, watch Ready or Not, which was my favorite movie I saw last year. Which is, you'll know it as the hide and seek movie. 
if you saw the trailers. Oh yeah, I kind of did actually want to see that one. I was yeah. I was debating like I don't because like, it kind of looked like it was a horror movie, right? Or it was it's a black comedy. Adver- it's and it's it's hilarious and it's a twist and it's it's just great. Okay. I'm not going. I'm not going to get into I, that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I was debating seeing that one. I I, I almost wanted to. Okay. So I, I might actually watch that one then. Okay. All right. Anyway, who are we talking about? Cottonmouth. Were we still on? <laughs> we were talking about Cottonmouth. <laughs> we can move okay. on to uh, Mariah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we were actually talking oh. about if Luke hulked out of the of Genghis Khanis after he got oh, RPG. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He. he um, however, I will say I do agree with you. He did go a little overboard with the explosions. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, but um, but maybe that just shows his character. That's probably a, a mean, bit more reflective on him. I mean, it hundred percent does. I mean, like how he was destroying his own place out of anger when he got after Luke hit his uh, safe house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doesn't think things through, as Mariah says, which we'll talk about her now. All right, let's talk about her right All now. Right. Yes, she doesn't think Cornell thinks things through. Oh, I mean, really? Huh, I yeah. missed that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, no. Well, we don't need to get into all that because that's pretty much what we've been talking about. But I like yeah. her, her ethics. Yeah, she's using dirty money, but she's actually using it for good stuff to help Harlem. Um, yeah, I just, I just like, I like her character. I mean, I feel for her more than I feel for Cornell right now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's like, she's doing it as like a, you know, deal with the devil kind of way. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that will backfire in some way. Right. So like she, she probably could have done this. In a better way, but like, cause like so far every episode we see her in, like she's just scared that someone else is going to find out and she's going to end up in jail and it's going to be mm-hmm. a big thing in the news and all that stuff. And there goes, I mean, there goes her name too, right? So, yeah, yeah I'm, but I mean, no, we, I'm with you. She's trying to do good. Yeah, it's for her. The ends justify the means. Um, mm-hmm. again, this is this is like I think last week or two weeks ago first episode um i talked about the godfather yeah she wants to go she wants to make her uh family's name legitimate which is a great goal but you can't uh like in the godfather that's what uh the godfather wanted to do with his family but you can't keep using dirty money if you want to make your family legitimate is what i think she learns and the Corleones learn in the godfather movies That's a good lesson. Yeah, and and it makes sense, right? Like eventually like you you have to make that full transition. So, mhm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh last note I have from Mariah and all our villains. Um she they call her Black Mariah, which is uh her very racist name in the comics, and she doesn't like it. I just wanted to mention that they use her name for the comics. <laughs> oh, okay. Mhm. Yeah. I don't blame it's her a, disliking that name. Uh, I don't remember why. Like, do do they say? Do they give a reason in the show why? Or is that because I know we get a little bit more background story in season two? I don't know. If I we... feel 
get that there. I feel like we get the name or the backstory from um from from future episodes, so I don't really want to get into it. I think okay, it has to yeah, do with racism, good. honestly. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um anything else for Mariah or um I mean, I didn't throw Scarf into the villains yet because we don't find out he's a villain until the end. And I already wrote his notes in <laughs> the guy in the chair. So, unless you want to talk about Scarf here, no, no, I've 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 got some a little bit of notes for him and the guy in the chair too. So I, I think we're good. Let's uh, all right. Let's take a quick break. We'll uh, we'll read a, a, a ad from this week's sponsor, uh, especially because we're a little bit later into the episode, and then we'll just move on to it. Welcome to Baston Robbins. Would you like to try our mango fruit blast? And Jerry's named a flavor after me, so start graving hazelnuts. Not bad. For your consideration, the chair. Tony, I don't know if you remember. Uh, so when we were kids, you know, I know I would always see commercials to tell you, hey, you can name a star for like 20 bucks. Did you ever see those? I did. And I actually, because I was a very nerdy kid, like I'm a nerdy adult, I wanted one of those. Never did, though. Really? Never had you got bucks. one of those? Yep. Is the star name Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Well, from the makers of Star Name Registry, Inc. comes an entirely new product, Freeze Trademarker Pro. Is there a common saying you're always hearing people say, and you want to make money off of it? You didn't make it up. You just hear it a lot. You have stupid monkey ears. Sir, this is an Arby's. Stop asking. I'm not going to rate your podcast. These are just a handful of things that people tell me on a regular basis, and now I have the ability to charge them for saying it. Now, you're probably asking the same question that I had when I first heard this. Once you own the trademark, how do you make money off of it? Simple. Use promo code MCU Rewind today <laughs> to get a free star named after you too. Remember, that's phrase Trademaker Pro. It's named Pro because it's serious. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Um, you know <laughs> that, and that uh, I'm applauding you, Al. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was really proud of this one, actually. <laughs> yeah. I was a little bummed we didn't record last week because I kind of just wanted to read it. But yep, uh, <laughs> I too wanted one of those stars when I was a kid. I think every kid wanted one because it's just so cool, right? Yeah, I'm wondering, do they still sell them? And the, no one just knows about it because everyone really knows it's a scam? <laughs> or did they just stop doing that because it's a scam? That's a good question. Like, maybe at some point, someone in some legal thing, like, started actually prosecuting people. And so then everyone mm -hmm. stopped. That yeah. might be what happened. I don't know. Although, there's nothing just stopping from us, Al, to look in the night sky and just point at a star and say, that one's mine. <laughs> no one will call us on it. <laughs> I think I, I I mean I'm I'm blaming or I'm uh, referring you know old timey rules but you know a long time ago if you wanted to claim land for your country you would huh you continue <laughs> no <laughs> didn't hear at all what you said, um, said you in a galaxy far far away exactly in a galaxy you far had far to away put, <laughs> you had to put in a uh, galaxy far far away. Yes, yes, you did. Like when the British showed up, you know? That, or when America went so, to the moon. <laughs> exactly. The moon is ours now. Uh, 
and Mars. I don't, I don't know. A, a human hasn't done it. I don't know if it counts with a robot. Um, but I assume that's the same thing for stars, right? So if we can mm-hmm. just put a flag on that star, then we own it. I think that's how that works. It's true. I mean, I assume. Well, no, I know for a fact America has shot um, uh, probes to the sun and you know got burnt up in the sun i'm assuming mm-hmm. not just for research they're probably a flag on there just in the off chance that it got <laughs> to the surface could plant a flag there and then the rest of the world has to pay us for sunlight <laughs> i'm sure someone is working on that idea someone yeah. somewhere all right one last thing before i move on uh when i talk to kids about planets i always say mars is the only planet completely populated by robots which is true. That is, yeah. And yep. it's weaponized because it has a laser to do stuff. It does It does have a laser. <laughs> All right. The guy in the chair, our supporting characters. The guy in the chair. I think that's what I want to do. Is help people with abilities. No, 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 no. Not those three wombats. No way. Um, let's start with our most obvious supporting character, um, Bobby Fish. You know, most important guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy. He he's a guy after my own heart. Guy hands him a bag of eighty thousand dollars. You don't ask where he says. Don't worry where it comes from. You don't push him on it. He's just like okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know where that came from. Well, you have some suspicions, and none of them <laughs> yep. are good. None of them are, oh, you know, I just went to the bank and pulled it out, and I'm, I'm really just donating this to the barbershop. No. <laughs> it's never that. Yeah. that That's the only note I have for Bobby. <laughs> uh, um, so I, I, I really do want to call out the um, the really good line that he had about, like, hey, you know, as long as the bank keeps getting their money, no one's going to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, pay pay the bill this month and next month and all that. And we can just keep on running the barbershop and it'll be fine. Um, it worked for friends. is how... Th- yeah, <laughs> exactly. It worked for friends. It worked for literally everyone else except for uh, Batman in The Dark Knight Rises when... The day after he loses all of his money in the stock market, <laughs> they shut off his power. <laughs> that is 100% true. <laughs> yep. Another one of the problems of that movie. <laughs> uh, you know, every so often I think about watching that movie a second time, and I just uh-huh. change my mind. I'm like, nah, I'm good. You, you know Let's how many times we've else. threatened... You know how many times we've threatened to watch that movie again? <laughs> that and Justice League? Oh, I would watch Justice League again. <laughs> Before Dark Knight Rises? Yes. Yes, I would. I've watched Dark Knight Rises twice. Um, Once in theaters and once on uh, Um, Mm Blu-ray. But again, it's been years. Um, Again, for all our listeners who hopefully this is in the past for them, I'm on week five of social distancing, watching everything in my house, have not watched Justice League or The Dark Knight Rises yet. (laughs) <laughs> all right let's see what happens week 20 oh god I'm maybe uh, it's all right maybe. you're in a you're in a state where things are are reasonable 
So you'll you'll probably be fine. Soon, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah. we shall see. <laughs> you on the other end? I'm not sure. I saw the governor of Florida put on the mask the wrong way. <laughs> if you saw that, yeah. <laughs> I did not see that one, but I believe he, it. He put it on sideways. <sighs> if you're wondering <laughs> how I mean by <laughs> um, he put okay. You know a mask. Uh, mm-hmm. N95 has the things that go over the ears. He put one of the straps around his head, like as if you were wearing a headband. But then he put it over his nose, and then just had the other flap just flapping down under his chin, right before a press conference or like right after a press conference. I saw it on Twitter, but yeah, <laughs> the governor of Florida did that. <laughs> uh, I believe it. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Um. So, Misty. You want to talk about Misty? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let's talk about her. Uh, I did not actually write down any notes for her. I don't remember what she does. Um, I only had some notes about Scarf, her partner. (laughs) Yeah, well, she goes to talk to Chico. She goes to talk to Chico. Mm -hmm. And um, after Chico refuses to testify, she just presses on the wound in his chest. Just ever so slightly. Just to let her know that she's not happy with him. That's yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean it's you know it's definitely playing. It's it's interesting, right? So you know, comparing what we've seen of her character in the the other two episodes so far in the season, um, you know, she's she's definitely the, um, you know, she'll. She she's smart. She like she knows what she has to do in order to get information out of people. So she was also scaring him too about like, yeah, you you really think you're gonna get out of this one? Okay, like come on, work with us here. Give us some information. Um, and then I guess the uh, uh, psychological warfare doesn't work on him, so she has to go with the pain. Yeah. Yep. I mean, uh, the only other note I have for her. Is her she finally suspects Luke has something to do with all this stuff, uh, because nothing bad happened, even though all this crime happened in Harlem. They talk about it all the time. Nothing bad happened till Luke showed up, and again <laughs> until this episode, none of the things that were bad had anything to do with Luke. It was just a coincidence that he was there in those both those places. So as much as I like Misty. I don't think she's as great a de- detective as we're meant to think she is. <laughs> I really, I'm, I'm giving it to her because, okay, I mean, literally nothing had happened at Pop's shop for what decades, and then yeah, but but was that Luke's fault? Oh like, no, it's not. Happened. But he showed up, right? Well, I no, I mean, given her her knowledge of which is very little of what really happened, like she's like, oh, Luke shows up, and then Pop's shop gets. Um, shot up and weird stuff starts happening with with the uh, um, cotton mouth so mm-hmm. like he starts slipping right all of a sudden so I'm, I'm i'm giving it to her like she's granted she doesn't nearly have the the story right in her mind luke is a suspect uh, who could have done some of these things but um at least she's she's on a track of he is someone that she should look into some more. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is right. 
I'm just saying she's right for the wrong reasons. So I'm <laughs> I'm just thinking how many other people she suspected of crimes who didn't do it, but she suspected them anyway because of coincidences. You know, we've all had first drafts uh, that turned out to be horrible, and then we revise. And then we run out of time and, and turn those things in anyway. It's true. <laughs> it's true. But my first drafts only misinform children of important life facts. They don't send people to prison. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd hope that, uh, you know, the, the whole the jury and everything would would uh, find the, the correct information. Unfortunately, that's not how that works in real life. But, you know, you, you would hope. Yeah. All right. I uh, don't mean to rush us, but we are really long uh so yeah. scarf <laughs> yeah all right um do you think scarf was pro punisher yes because my first note is he's okay. pro vigilante he doesn't yeah, want to take exactly the risk. he was yeah and or do the paperwork as yeah. he said yeah yeah um yeah so i just wanted to bring that up because you know he was talking about you know someone helping him out luke essentially uh but yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's it's another thing. He's also pro pro cotton mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Pro that extra paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think it would have been more surprising to the audience if that he was a crooked cop working cotton mouth, or if this creepy, like lazy guy was a straight cop, <laughs> like a good cop? What would have been more surprising? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I think it would have been more surprising if he, if he was uh, a a good cop, a straight cop. Um, so I I did remember that he was a crooked cop. I didn't at all remember when we found out. Honestly, I didn't even think it was a season. Like I completely forgot. Uh. So, um, so when when you get to that the end of the episode, like just before he kills uh, Chico, mm-hmm. I'm. Like, that's when you see, like, the way they've set up the scene and, and his actions and mannerisms. You're like, oh, that's right. He's he's dirty cop and he's about to kill Chico. Oh, hey, and Chico's dead. All right. So it was, I mean, you could kind of see it within that scene. So they, they set it up. Like, but it would have been, it would have been more surprising if, you know, they did set it up for that. And then he was like, okay, yeah, we, we got to help you. We got to, we got to get you out of here. All right. Let's write down some of the stuff. Let's, let's move forward with this. But no. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um. Anything else for our guys in the chair before we move on? Um. I don't know if this guy counts as a guy in the chair, but it's just a, a one-off thing. Uh, Domingo Cologne, the uh, the other oh. the Hispanic um gang leader guy. Yeah. Does he just carry like twenty Milky Bars around all the time? Like, cause he just he pulled out two. Uh, he he must have a handful. Yeah. Everybody's got their thing. At least if you're a crime lord, you need to have your thing. And his thing are tiny milky bars that he only eats half of. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's all I've got. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Do you have anything for our last 12% of the episode? Stark Tower is your baby. Give yourself 12% the credit. 12%. An argument can be made for 15. 12%? Well, I my baby? did do all the heavy lifting. Literally, I, I lifted... The heavy things. You know, I'm 12 minutes older than you. <laughs> Go. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%? <laughs> that is not a plan. 
Barely a concept. You're taking their side? I am Groot. So what? It's better than 11%. What the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> no, we, we hit all my notes. I'm good. How about right. you? Uh, one thing. Uh, they, we see a scene of guns being transported in, like, boxes of toys, right? Um, I'm surprised no one would be suspicious that these little rubber toys cost, like, or cost, weigh, like, 15 pounds. <laughs> no one would no one <laughs> be suspicious of that at all. <laughs> well, that's just the top crate. The top crate is toys. The other crates below it are, um, water. <laughs> you gotta make up the weight somehow. That's pretty dense. Concrete. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just bags of sand. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean it makes it makes sense in Batman Begins that the the crime lords are transporting drugs that way because drugs aren't that heavy. But yeah, guns, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's just it's pure metal. Yeah, that's gonna yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> All right, are you ready to rate the episode? Yeah, I think I'm ready. I know my value. Anyone else's opinion doesn't really matter. Earth just lost her best defender. So we're here to fight. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Damn you, Stark. Banner. Welcome, Strongest Avenger. Oh, what? How many RPGs would you give this episode? Rocket propelled grenades. (laughs) Um... You know, I'm I'm actually going to go up there. I'm giving it a four. Four out of five rocket-propelled grenades. Okay. I actually agree. I feel like um, I, when I was watching this, I didn't take a lot of notes because I was more engaged in the episode than I've been in the previous two episodes. So, not perfect yeah. yet. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's good. <laughs> Yeah, um, but I mean, you know, also we got we got some good action too. We we see Luke actually using his powers. Um, the story itself is is moving forward in a way where like people are figuring things out, dots are getting connected. So it's it's good. It's uh, yeah, really coming together. Yeah, it's good end of the first act in this thirteen hour movie. Yes, exactly. All righty, uh, should we close it up? Yeah. Okay. All right, everyone. Uh, Join us next week. We will continue our conversation on Luke Cage Season 1. We'll be talking about Episode 4, Step in the Arena. And until then, you can also follow us on on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind. Um, And then you can also give us uh, a rating on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Um, That would also be nice, too. Uh, Anyway, this has been Episode 3 of Luke Cage titled Who's Going to Take the Weight? Uh, until then, this is the Marvel. Wait, 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 Al, Al, sorry, then, sorry, oh, Al, mm-hmm. Al, who took the weight? Who took the weight? <laughs> uh, uh, Luke, Luke Cage took the weight when the building fell on him. Okay, continue with our sign out. <laughs> okay, uh, this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind signing off. Have a marvelous day. The lanes bring the nuclear fallout. So let me ask you, is it too late? Hey yo, who's gonna take the weight? Wait.